Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Yo, hello, what's good? How it go? What it do? What it do? What it do? What it do? Okay. Um, hey, welcome. This is the 40 on Fridays podcast. This is episode six, right? Or am I wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? Am I wrong or am I right? Why do I always forget what episode I'm on? I'm pretty sure this is the sixth one. Last week was five. This is six. Anywho, this week what we're going to be going over is um, slow burns. Slow burns. Um, like this podcast, for instance. It's a slow fucking... It's a drag, guys. It's a fucking drag. No. Um, but we're going to go over the idea of uh, a slow burn. Like, what exactly is a slow burn... And how it's applied to stories, and why the idea of a slow burn or a slow start is applied to certain stories, mainly over anime. We're going to be going over anime mainly, and why it works for some anime, why it doesn't work for some anime, and just how people feel about it in general. And then, you know, I'll, I'll use examples. I have two particular examples in mind for... Uh, ideas of what a slow burn is and why something is a slow burn and they're good examples of slow burns like two of my favorite examples of like a slow burn anime series so we're just gonna we're just gonna jump in i don't know if this one will be longer or shorter every friday they're doing some kind of work out there and it's not even like the yard work around my building now it's like the building next door is like repairing like the the guardrails so I can hear the drills. I don't know if you can hear it over the mic. It might be a little too far out, but you might hear it. Whatever, fuck it. Um, yeah, let's dive right in. This this probably won't be super long. Or, I always say that, but it might end up being longer. But who knows? Uh, and apologies for the continual squeaking of this chair. Downstairs is the best place to record. It just has the best like place to uh, get that sound quality down. But, uh, but, 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 um, the squeaky chair. It's a comfortable chair, though. Anywho, slow burns. So, what exactly is a slow burn? Um, or what am I, what do I mean by a slow burn or a slow start? Uh, what a lot of people refer to it, especially within like the anime community, that's the main community I'm in, or just like story communities in general. Like, a slow burn is something. Or a slow start. Let's start with the idea of a, a slow start. Is like a exactly what it what it sounds like. It's a slow start. Like you start a story, and you know you watch the first two episodes, and you're just kind of like, uh, you read the first two chapters. It's kind of like, eh, all right. Nothing's really happening. It's starting off slow. It, it takes a minute before it picks up. That's what a, a slow start is. Now. I like to think of a slow start and a slow burn as kind of being a different thing because a slow start can immediately lead into like boom some action whereas a slow burn is kind of like it 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 moves a little slow throughout and just has like these instances of like boom there it is boom there it is boom there it is and they both have reasons for why they are, and I both and I have reasons for why I'm like giving them different terms. This isn't something official out in the world. This is just me like making a uh, a contrast of the two. They're two different things. They can go hand in hand. They can be, even be used at the same time. But I I like to think of them as a difference. So like yeah, a slow start is something that you you start watching something and maybe like the first half of it is a little slow. And then that second half just hits, and it's like, woo! And it's from there, it's just going and going and going. Whereas, like, I would say a slow burn is something that is a little, like, 
just kind of flows at the same pace throughout. It's it not it's not even necessarily like slow. It just kind of has that same general pace throughout. It doesn't like super intensify and move and burn through from there. But because it has that same consistent pace, those heavy hitting moments hit a lot harder for it if it's used correctly. It can be used incorrectly. Not every slow burn or slow start series is is good. And that's um, I think that's the stigma that comes up for slow burns or slow starts is the idea that you might watch one or two that have those aspects or qualities and then there's just kind of no like payoff. It wasn't worth the, the wait. So you just kind of – it's another one of those cases where people like generalize the whole for a few examples. You know what I mean? Just how, like, people tend to generalize anime from a few examples is like, oh, anime is for kids because of this, even though back in the day, the stereotypes formed around anime in America are, that are still used today are due to heavy American censorship of anime when it was transferred to the U.S. People, like, side note, people still think that Dragon Ball Z Kai is just Dragon Ball Z for kids, and that's not what it is. Dragon Ball Kai is Dragon Ball Z with not all, but most of the filler cut out. So you're getting right into the, it's, it's a closer edit to the manga. It's not, a, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's an adaptation to the manga. Cause it's the same Dragon Ball Z anime, just with like updated sound quality. Uh, they kind of polished up the animation of the older stuff here and there. And they just chop out a lot of the filler. Like, almost all of it. Like, a lot of the filler is gone. So it's closer to the... Uh, it's a closer edit to the manga. It's the closest you'll get. And... And uh, a lot of people in the U.S. have this stigma of, like, Kai being for kids. I did, too, for a while until, like, two or three years ago. Because when it aired in America, it aired on Nickelodeon or Nicktoons or something like that. And it was heavily censored. Which is weird... I thought it, I always thought it was weird because when I found out that it was heavily censored for uh, in the U.S. only and not in Japan, I thought it was weird because Nickelodeon and Nicktoons would air like the Dragon Ball Z movies, and the Dragon Ball Z movies weren't edited at all. Like all the violence, blood, all of that stuff was still in it, but for Kai, it was edited. Like the blood was edited to look like spit, and then people made jokes about it looking like cum because it fucking did. Um, Points of, like, somebody getting hit hard as fuck were, like, edited out at the last second. So it was just kind of like a flash right before they get hit and it just shows them flying. Things of that nature. So Kai in America built up this uh, this idea that it's like, oh, they just made a Dragon Ball Z edit for babies. No, if you actually look up, um, I think you can find the dub uncut, too. I think it's only the Nicktoons version. That's edited, not just the English dub in general. But if you go online and look up Kai, like, you'll probably find it subbed. Um, it's It still has all that stuff. Like, I, I think the blood is also toned down, but that's just because cartoons air a lot earlier now. Like, Dragon Ball... That's the reason why Dragon Ball Super didn't have a lot of blood. It airs a lot earlier for more children to be watching. And, like, the standards for violence in Japan have kind of, like, shifted. Like, you could still see some violent shit, but, like, in those earlier time slots, it, not so much, um, but yeah, they edited some of the blood out, but that's because, um, the anime was a lot, for the most part, the anime was a lot more, like, uh, bloodier and more violent than the manga, but there's still blood, they still had the full action sequences, and, you know, the bad language, I'm pretty sure Toonami airs the, the Kai, Toonami aired the Kai dub, but it was, like, uncut, it wasn't, like, the Nicktoons one, I don't know for sure, but, like, it's still Dragon Ball Z. It just has better voice acting quality, better, because the voice actors are more experienced in the sub and the dub. The Kai dub is awesome. The Super dub is a little okay, just because they're new to that that storyline, so, like, they, they, they aren't used to it yet. But the Kai dub is fantastic, because they know that storyline, like, the back of their hand, because of games and anime and all that. But... Yeah, it's it's just weird how those stigmas still exist when you, especially now when you can Google stuff. Like I feel dumb that I couldn't, I didn't just look it up to see if it was just Nicktoons editing it. 
and I th- and and I think it's because the movies. That's why I thought that's just how Kai was because the movies weren't edited. So I was like, well, this just must be how Kai is because when they air the Dragon Ball Z movies, they're the Dragon Ball Z movies. But no, that's that's what Nicktoons did. So sorry that that was just a random tangent. But I, I hate those stigmas and stereotypes because it's so easy now, especially like in 2019. Come on, y'all. A Google search will help you figure out what's what. But, yeah, we still have this stigma that goes on with slow burns and slow starts and how they, they're they just bad. They're, they're not good. They don't lead anything. They're just slow. Just kind of how, like, people see slice-of-life animes as, as boring. But that's just a pick-and-choose thing. I, there's certain slice-of-life animes I think are fantastic. And then, you know, there's also the stigma, well, nothing happens. They don't progress or grow. And for some slice of life of animes, that's true. But for some slice of life, those those animes in the slice of life genre, that's kind of the point. It's a slice of life. You know what I mean? You just it's just something to watch. But um, yeah, yeah. I I know people that are like, yeah, I started watching this, but it was just I finished it, and it was just like, eh. There was no oomph to it at the end. There was no like, this is slow, but it wasn't worth anything. And people have that happen to them, like, two to three times, maybe even one time, and never again. So if something starts off slow, they just will not continue it. I used to do that all the time. Back when I was just, back back in the day, like, in, like, high school, when I was, like, watching anime, like, I was super only into shonen. Like, I only watched anime for, like, action, for fighting. And if you didn't have any action going on... Or if it you did, but, like, it was few and far between, I would not watch it. I would just be like, eh, move on to the next one. Later on in life, I expanded my, like, in my experiences for anime. So I'll watch anything. I'm still mainly a shonen guy, but I will watch anything if I find it enjoyable or intriguing to me. And that's just how it is. Sorry, I got a little coffee right here. Um... But yeah, I might as well just move on to the examples. This is just a really short topic, but it's something I wanted to talk about because I have friends that are like that too. They're like, man, this is kind of slow and they don't want to wait, but you got to like urge them to watch. Like, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but, um, a couple of my friends have watched ReZero and they love it and they were getting another one of my friends to watch it. And at first he wasn't feeling it because it was slow. It, and they were like, yeah, it is a slow start. Definitely is. But don't worry, just wait. It'll pay off. I personally have not watched ReZero yet, so I can't say for sure if it's worth the watch or not. In fact, I find that more personal opinion. But Homeboy that was like, I don't know, man. By the time they got into, like, the second half, he I know he was vibing to it. Like, he he was definitely into it. He, he started to, like, really, really enjoy it and get hyped for it. So... That's cool that, you know, they, they got him to do that because he he seemed like the type of person that was like, it needs to hit quick. And the I think the problem with slow starts or slow burns, uh, for some of them, the ones that fail, I feel like the, the ones that have the slow start anime and the slow burn animes that fail are the ones that can't grab your attention. You can be a slow starter or a slow burn and still have something in it that grabs your atten- that grabs the, the, the viewer's attention. If you can do that, then they'll be like, yeah, this is slow, but maybe something's going to happen, so I should stay and watch. If you don't have that, people are immediately going to lose interest, because not only did your series start off slow, there's nothing intriguing about it. There's nothing more I want to know. There's nothing, like, seeming to lead to anything else or appealing. You have to have some kind of aspect that's just like, hmm, I wonder... Or else you're just going to have to hope that word of mouth saves you. But in order for word of mouth to save you, you have to have a following that is willing to sit through that. So I I feel like a lot of the the animes with the slow starts and the slow burns that fail just cannot execute that properly. So that's all it is. You have to have an attention grabber. Something in your story has to like stand out, even if it's slow. I've watched slow series that I'm just like, yeah, I've been like three episodes in. It's, mm, I don't know, but this. So I want to see where this goes, so I'll give it a little bit more. And then two episodes later, boom, fucking slaps me in the face. 
Like, so yeah, let me get into the examples. One of the examples that I just actually thought of is uh, Dorabara. Dorabara is my second favorite series, anime series of all time. I love Dorabara. I've been starting to read the light novels. I only have the first two just because I'm, I'm going to buy a book every time when uh, I just have the money to purchase one. They I can buy them all off Amazon, and they're all translated. I think the last book just recently got translated like last year or sometime this year. So I'm like, cool, I can read them all in English. It's awesome. So I have the I have the first two, but I love Dorara. I love that storyline. Dorara, if you if you started Dorara and then dropped it because within like the first like three episodes it made no fucking sense, don't worry. It makes no fucking sense. Like <laughs> I tell people this all the time when they watch it, I'm like, if you're going to watch it, you have to watch it to at least episode five. And I know that sounds like weird. But you you just kind of do, because it doesn't make it doesn't really start to form into like a coherent story until episode five. Not to say that like none of it makes sense, but it's just like you don't understand what's going on. Like there's all these different like things happening every episode, so you're like, well, what the fuck is the plot? When you get to episode five, it kind of all fits together. And one of my friends, uh, one of my, like, best friends, I got him to watch it, and I watched it with him, because I'm always down to watch Dorara. And uh, he was like that. Like, he was like, this is weird, but I kind of want to keep watching, because it's so weird, I want to know what's going on. And I think that's a good attention grabber for Dorara. It worked for Dorara, but it's a heavy risk, because it's so weird. It's so like, yo, I just watched the first episode. What? And then you watch the second episode, and you're like, nigga, what? And then you watch the third one, and you're like, what? And then you watch the fourth one, and you're like, why am I still watching this? I don't know what's happening. And then you get to episode five, and you're like, I'm starting to get it. It starts to, like, complete itself. And it's really cool like that. But I think it was a big risk, big reward thing for that series. Because it you can lose attention because they don't know what's going on. But it had something about Dorabara within those first, like, four episodes before that fifth one is so intriguing, or at least for me, like, I found so intriguing that I kept watching because I wanted to, I actively wanted to know what was going on. The first episode, you're like, okay, it's a first episode. And then the second episode, you're kind of like, wait, what? Are they going to run this back and and break it down for me? And then you watch the third episode, and I was just kind of like, I don't get it yet. And then I was on the fourth one, and I was like, I'm still not quite getting it, but I want to know. I feel like there's something, like, here, and I want to know. All this weird shit is happening, and I want to know why all the weird shit is happening. And then episode five hits that sweet spot, and you're like, I'm starting to get it. And from there, you build it up. It, it builds itself up. And you can split Dorabara into five parts. It's two series. It's Dorabara and Dorabara X2, and I believe they split... Dorabara X2 into like another little part but I would count it as five parts as five arcs I would say every time the opening changes that's a new part that's a new like arc in the series so like the first half it's like two the two halves of season uh, one so that's two arcs and then Dorabara X2 has three arcs so every time the opening changes it was an arc and they kind of had this formula it would start off from from part two, from the second arc onward, like, it, within the first three episodes, you would start to get what's going on. But they kind of, like, set it up. It's like, the arc starts. Here's all this shit happening. Why is all this shit happening? These characters are doing this. These characters are doing this. These characters are doing this. How does it link together? Why is it happening? What's going on? What's it leading to? Every arc of Dorabara I found intriguing because it was, like, solving a puzzle. You wanted to know what was going on and why everyone was so intertwined with each other. And the payoff was finding that out. The payoff was like the climactic point of every arc. Every arc had this climax. Like if, uh, spoilers if you haven't watched Arara, but the climax of the first arc is that the quote unquote main character, he, he probably is the main character. His name is Mikado. Mikado Ryugamine. He moves into the town of Ikebukuro to go to school, meet up with an old friend who moved into the city, and because he wanted to try new things and explore a new life. 
And as he moves in, they they always mention this gang called the Dollars. It's like a new gang. They're not a color gang. They have a color. They don't have a color code. No one knows how to get into the Dollars. They just popped up, and nobody really knows who leads them. The payoff of the end of the first arc is finding out that Mikado is one of the founders and current leader of the Dollars, and no one knows. And he built the gang up before he even moved into Ikebukuro. So when he gets there and people are talking about it, you're just like, man, who are these guys? So when you find out Mikado has done this the whole time, you're just like, yo, that's awesome. And it makes him a much better and more interesting character. And the payoff is so heavy because you're like, damn, he's he runs like this network of people in the dollars because anyone can join the dollars. So the dollars are just like almost so many people in the city are in it. And it's just like an information network. Like he can go on the blog post because he's the admin of the, the website and he could just see what people are talking about, gather info, you know, Hey, shout out. We got this going on. It's so, it's so cool. And it's just like, and there's so many other things going on. That's just the big climax from Mikado's character, but there's other things going on too. And it, everything links to another thing. It's so interesting. It's just like, as you're watching it, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And just when you think you have everything, like, you'll be like, this is what it is. You get to the payoff, there's always that little extra that's just like, ooh, okay. Oh, it's so good. It's so good, dude. I, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> but I remember watching it with my, uh, with my buddy. And the whole time, I was making sure my volume was good. And the... Uh, the whole time, every part, he would, we would get halfway through the part, and he was like, okay, I think I got what's going on. And he would tell me, and I was like, you're half right. And he's he's really good at that. He's really good at, like, uh, piecing together a plot before, like, that critical moment. Like, he'll figure it. He's, like, no exaggeration. Like, he has a real talent or gift for it. And the only times I've seen him really, like, not quite almost get it are with Dorara and with JoJo's. Just because JoJo's is so, like, ridiculous and anything can happen, like, he'll he'll sometimes be like, I'm like, you almost got it. And then with Dorara, every arc, I was like, you're half right. You're just missing one piece. And it's so good. Oh, man, I love it. But, yeah, I, I say that's an example for Dorara. That's a, Dorara is like an example of a slow start and a slow burn. Because... Every arc has that start where you're just like, okay, what's going on? And then boom, the payoff. And then it goes from there. But the goes from there is also kind of a slow burn. But it's like, it's going, the pace is normal. And then an event, an event, an event, an event. And then that climax at the end. And it's really, really interesting to see how everyone's story intertwines with each other in that city. Like, it's awesome. Characters are super interesting. With Dorara, it's like you're always going to have at least one character you'll really like in Dorara because there's so many. And they all are so different and they vary. Fantastic show. I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu and on Netflix. So if you have either one of those, you can definitely watch it. It's subbed and dubbed on Hulu. I don't know if it's subbed and dubbed on Netflix because I only have Hulu. And it might be on Crunchyroll. I don't know if it's on Crunchyroll. But if you have Hulu, you can watch it subbed or dubbed. I think it has a fantastic dub. The sub is also amazing, of course. But um, the the dub does does a solid job too. Um, yeah, but that's that uh, that's a good idea of like a good example of a combination of two of those aspects. So uh, a good example, a good example of a slow start, like a. And I'm going to give a heavy slow start example is um another one of the series that's in like my top 10 favorite. I believe it's like, you know, it's, it might even be within the top five. It's a uh, Hitman Reborn. And if you haven't heard of Re- Hitman Reborn, um, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's underrated. I don't think it's underrated. I think it's well known enough, but I feel like it's, it doesn't have enough recognition. Because also, I don't think the anime got a dub. The anime only is subbed, I think. But I, I read it only. I never I never watched it. I read it. But, um... Dorabara is... Or not Dorabara. <laughs> Hitman Reborn 
is a heavy example of a slow start anime or a slow start manga, but either or it's an example of a heavy slow start because um, what a lot of people, a lot of Hitman Reborn fans will tell you is uh, the beginning. I count the beginning as one whole arc in itself. And I just call it the shonen comedy arc. That's what I would call it because I don't know how long it is in the anime. It might be almost the f- whole first season, and then near the end, it's when it shifts. But in the manga, like, almost the first 80 chapters of the manga, it, there's no action. Like, there's action, but it's comedy action. It's it's a comedy series. It's a supernatural comedy series, the first 80 chapters. That's what I would label it as. So if you were looking for a shonen, and if you were reading Shonen Jump, of course you were looking for some fighting, you weren't finding it in Hitman Reborn for those first 80 chapters. And it was a very slow start anime and manga. But I guess in Japan, like, it was hitting because it lasted 80 chapters. It lasted long enough to get to that payoff point. And I'm not sure if the writer for Hitman Reborn was just one day like, I think it's a, I think she, I think it's a she. I think the writer for Hitman Reborn is a, is a woman. I don't remember. I believe she is. I believe it is. I gotta look it up, but, um, either they, uh, intended to just always have it be what it was, and then decided to shift it, or that was their intention all along, and that was a huge risk, but it was such a genius payoff, because I was already told that it was going to be a slow start, because by the time I started reading Hitman Reborn, Hitman Reborn had already ended. I think it ended for, like, a couple years like a year or two now, but it was like five, not now it's, it's been way more than that, but I think it was over like two to three years, uh, prior to me reading it. And it was like 500 and something chapters. So it lasted a while. It was in serialization for a long time. But, um, people would tell me, it was like, if you're going to start like getting into it, just know that it's, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn or it's a slow start. It starts off really slow. And it did. And the thing about me is I know a lot of people like in the States, like stateside, don't like the beginning of Hitman Reborn. Even the people, you know, that stuck with it and watched the whole thing or read the whole thing, they consider that beginning part like bad or trash. I don't think it's bad. And like, like I said, I, th- I think it's that idea of a slow, like some people just want that action off the top and that's not a bad thing. So if you're not into that slow start, you thinking that's bad isn't a bad thing and it's not necessarily wrong because for your taste, yeah, you don't want that. Of course not. But I don't think the, like, objectively speaking, I don't think the first 80 chapters of Hitman Reborn is bad. It's a comedy series and I think it was a really good section. I thought it was a really good manga for what it was at that time because I kept engaged. I knew it was, I knew there was going to be a payoff, so that's probably partly why I was kept so engaged, but I was enjoying those 80 chapters. I read the first 80 chapters of Hitman Reborn in one day. Like that whole first arc bef- before finally getting into like some serious shit. I read all of that in a day. Like so I read about 80 chapters in in a single day. Because that's how into it I was. I just sat there at home. I downloaded the whole manga series on my computer because I didn't have internet at home yet. So when I got home, I just started reading it. <laughs> like, And it, it's so good. It's so interesting because the series takes... It's about this kid. I believe he's in high, I believe he's in high school. I believe he just started high school or he's somewhere in middle school. He's a young kid. And he's kind of a coward and a loser. And he finds out, without giving too much away, he finds out that he's technically in line to become the next boss of this mafia. And this little, and he's being trained and mentored essentially by this little baby named Reborn, who is the greatest assassin in the world, like the greatest hitman in the world. And he really is, no exaggeration, no cap, he's the greatest hitman in the world. He's the number one hitman. But he's like a baby. So the main character, Suna, doesn't take it seriously at first. And the supernatural aspect of it is, and the whole beginning part, is that Reborn is essentially trying to make a man out of Suna, like form him into the boss he's supposed to be when he gets older. So 
he has uh, this gun with these special bullets called Dying Will Bullets. And pretty much if you have a desire or something you want to do before you die and you're shot with the bullet, instead of dying, you're kind of reborn essentially with this dying will, like this intensity to complete a task before you die. So all you, like you get a huge stat increase. So the joke of the chapters were throughout this first part, there'd be something happening Suna needed to achieve a goal. Reborn would shoot him with the bullet and he would go from cowardly Suna to like this intense, angry, like, Oh, I got to do this shit Suna. And he would get the job done. And then he'd go back to being normal cowardly Suna. So you meet all these characters. Uh, there's this one dude named Goku Dira, who's my favorite fucking character in the series. Uh, he uses dynamite to fight. It's so silly. Like he throws sticks of dynamite to fight you. <laughs> and it's really dumb. He has a classmate named um, Yamamoto, who's like this star athlete, cool guy. Him and Goku Dira butt heads. There's like the student. He's like the like, like, school security kind of, like, student, like, a hall monitor kind of type guy named Hibari. He beats everyone's ass with some tonfa. And this is before, like, supernatural powers with them are even evolved. Like, Suna's the only one with, like, the dying will flame thing. Beats everyone's ass. There's Ryohei, who is the older brother of a girl Suna likes, and he's super into sports and boxing, and there's all these characters, and you meet, like, other, like, leaders of gangs. Like, there's this one dude, and his whole thing is, like, he's an awesome fighter. He, like, fights with a whip. He's great with combat. He's an awesome boss leader. But he, I think he, I forget the gimmick. I think he can only fight well either when his gang isn't, like, seeing him or when they are. I forget which one it is. But, like, it's one way or the other. I think he's, like a fucking klutz when his gang's, like, there, like, seeing him, but when they're not there, he's, like, this awesome, extremely, like, skilled, talented dude, and it's just, like, the joke of it, and it goes on like that for 80 chapters, but all of them are engaging, it's not, like, the same thing every time, it's like, oh, that was funny, oh, that was funny, uh, Goku, Gokudera has an older sister who's an assassin that specializes in poison food, so she'll make, like, this poison food to try to kill people, and it's just, like, it's so wacky and silly, and I can see why people didn't like it because they were expecting, you know, people to throw hands from the start. And to get, like, 80 chapters of just, like, this weird kind of funky supernatural comedy thing. I can see why people are turned off from it. I'm into weird shit like that. So I was super – I was like, this is cool. And after those 80 chapters is when the payoff hits. The payoff is the first major arc in the series of Hitman Reborn. And the villain is really intense and stays there throughout the series. I believe his name was uh, Makuro or Morkuro or something like that. And he was a high-level threat. So the arc starts off as, like, this rival school is attacking them. And, like, Makuro goes to that school. But it, it goes much deeper than that. And the fights are actual, like, fights, like... This, there's a dude in their enemy team that uses yo-yos, but he's, like, beating the living shit out of Goku Dira in the middle of town. And Goku Dira, like, gets the upper hand on him and, like, fucking darts by him, leaves a bunch of sticks of dynamite, blows him up, and Goku Dira's just standing there looking all tough. And I was like, yo, this arc opened up hard as shit right now. Yamamoto gets in a fight. Oh, and the joke about Yamamoto is he doesn't believe any of the gang shit going on. He thinks it's a game. He thinks Reborn is a child that's playing a game and they're just playing along with the act. And even so, when he gets in the fights, he's like throwing hands and he gets like a sword. Like he's a baseball star, but Reborn gives him a sword or like a bat that when he swings it hard enough, it turns into a sword. So he doesn't really have any swordsmanship skills yet. He's just swinging it around. But he has a fight, and it's really cool. Like, they, it, there's all these fights. So then it gets to, like, the final part of the peak of the arc. They fight Makuro. Makuro is no joke. He uses, like, a spear as a weapon, and he has this reincarnation will eye that has all these different powers. Makuro specializes in illusions. So he whoops everyone's ass. Like, no one can even touch him. Suna, even with the dying wolf flame, gets blown the fuck back. And it's this point of growth, and it's the true shift in the story. And it's just like, I'm so glad I stuck with it to this point, 
because this is when it gets good. A new bullet is made for Suna, and when he gets hit with it, it um, it's a different variation of the Dying Will f- bullet. So when he gets hit with the bullet, he then shifts into like a Dying Will mode, but it's different. It's not He's not wild and aggressive and angry. He's a more calm version of himself. He's kind of like at peace and he's serious. And his fighting skills drastically increase. He's able to like wield the flames in combat. So he'll have like flame charge punches. And him and Makuro duke it out and Tsuna wins. And it's so cool. You're like, yo. And from here on, it's straight shonen. It's like straight shonen arcs. And they're so intense. And we find out about like these rings, like the Vangola rings and Vangola guardians and different types of like dying will flames. Each ring represents a flame. And you find out what's been happening is these first 80 chapters were building up Suna's character to be able to get to that next step, that next flame. So every time he goes into that mode, he's like a lot more serious and a lot more calm and ready to fight instead of just being a coward all the time. And as the story progresses, even normal Suna kind of like mans up here and there. He has those moments and those character growth changes. And it's really cool. Like he'll be like, I don't want to do this to like, okay, I have to fight. And he'll do, he'll take the flame and get serious and they'll throw down. And you find out like all these other people involved in the story, like Goku theater and Yamamoto and Hibari and Ryohei. These people are meant to be like his, his main entourage for the gang. Like, like, Goku Dira is his right-hand man, and Yamamoto is his left-hand man, and Hibari is, like, the strongest guardian. It's, it's, it's really cool, and they all get powers and develop, like, person- like abilities that represent them, like, different dying will flames that represent their character and abilities and shit, and they get character growth. Like, Goku Dira is my favorite character because I, I related to him so much, so his growth is always awesome to see. And it was just like, whoa, what the fuck? This thing totally shifted, but it's still the same story. And I think the reason why, even though it was such a heavy, slow start, that it hit so well was because once you get to that point in the story, shonens tend to have those arcs where it's like, okay, we got to dive into a nigga backstory real quick. We got to go over this. We got to talk and talk and talk into detail about this. They didn't have to do that with the main characters. Because we already knew who the main characters were. And not only did we know who they were, we knew who they were for a while. Like the first 80 chapters of Hitman Reborn, you get to know these people. Like you know their personalities, why they're here, what their goal is, what they're doing, quirks, likes, dislikes, interest, skill set, things of that nature. So from that point forward when it becomes a shonen. All you get from these characters, each arc, is growth. You get growth every arc. There's no, like, going back and thinking of stuff. Like, they do do that, but not as heavy as a normal shonen would because it's unnecessary. We already know that. So it's just, like, the next arc after that first series one is just nothing but growth for every character, and it's so cool to see. And it's, like, they he the writer built a world. So we already know these people, so now we're just watching these people grow. And I think that was the payoff of that slow start, is just like, now that we're here, we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore in the middle of the action. We can just get to the action and still have a good plot and still watch characters progress because we know these characters so well already. And fantastic example. Another big risk, big reward thing, because that slow start is heavy. 80 chapters, man, and I think I think for the anime, it's like the almost the entirety of the first season, except for like the last few episodes, and then the last few episodes is the Makura arc, but oof, oh my god, when it hits, it hits, and it's so satisfying, and then so, one last one, we're gonna get into the example of a, a slow burn, and Again, <laughs> I'm bringing up JoJo's Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. I would consider this the most fantastic example of a slow burn anime I have ever seen. Not the entirety of JoJo's, Part 4 specifically. Because every part is different, a different storyline, different main character. And the reason why I think 
part four is such a good slow burn is because it's a shonen with a slice of life murder mystery aspect to it. That's what I would call Diamond is Unbreakable because I always say it's split in the acts. So act one is like the crazy, noisy, bizarre town. Like you get to know people, meet other stand users in the town. There's like, there's like intent. There's moments where stands clash, but it's like, it's fun. It's free. You're like, Oh, cool. They have that serious villain in like red hot chili pepper in the first arc. And then they beat him. You know, it's, it's this enjoyable thing. It's fun. And then you get to act two and they find out, there's been a serial killer lurking in the shadows of the town all this time. It's getting really intense. They encounter him. They clash. People almost die. People do die. And then the killer gets away. Act three, they're now actively searching for the killer who's now changed his identity. This and that and that and this. And it's it's like, that sounds really intense, but trust me, it is a slow burn. I will say that. But the reason why part four is my favorite part is because it's written so well as a slow burn. It feels like real life. It, if for, for an anime and manga, especially like a shonen, this feels so close to real life because every day is not an intense fucking day. Some days are just chill. Some days are just normal. Some days you're living your life as normal as a Jojo's park can be. But <laughs> I feel that's why it hits because the pacing of part, Ooh, shit. Accidentally turned the volume down too low. The pacing of part four is very consistent. I wouldn't call it a slow start. I would call it a slow burn because it always kind of stays consistent. And like I said, it has those moments where it's like, boom, that happened. And then we have like, you know, shit going on, pacing, shit going on, boom, that happened. So it's always engaging because it's consistently keeping you entertained and then it has those explosive payoff moments in in between them so it's always like oh this is cool this is cool this is whoa whoa this is cool this is cool whoa and that's and i feel like it's written so well that way like part four is just consistently entertaining and i think that's what you have to do with a slow burn it has to be consistently entertaining it can't slope you can't turn a slow burn into a slow start you just can't because if you turn a slow burn into a slow start, it's already, it, it goes from like, this is cool and interesting to like getting boring. So people are going to lose interest. So yeah, when, when people lose like interest in it, you've kind of lost them. Even if there's a payoff later, like not a lot of you, you people might stick with it, but you probably lose a lot of your core audience. So you can only go up and then back down to that neutral state with a slow burn. And I think that's why I call it different than a slow start. Because that's what part four, in my opinion, that's what part four did. I know a lot of people don't like part four, but I think part four is my favorite part still so far. Like in terms of the anime, I don't know about part six, seven, and eight yet because they're not animated. And part five is just about to finish. But I still think part four is my favorite, definitely. Um... But yeah, I th- I think that's what they did. It was it, it was always like I wouldn't call it slow. It was always like kind of consistently paced with itself and then had those explosive payoff moments and then went back to being consistently paced with itself. So a slow start starts off slow, then boom, it just gains steam and goes from there. Same thing with a slow start, like you can't slow down again or it's going to hurt you. You have to stay consistent and then with a slow burn, you you can only go up and back to neutral. You can't go lower than neutral. So the idea of a story is you can, once you speed up, don't slow down. Like, the the point of starting off slow is to build stuff up and then reach the payoff. And I think that's what uh, Hitman Reborn did really well. And then with Dorawara, they kind of go back and forth, but every arc set is set up that way. So it's not like, oh, it's going to be slow again. It's a new arc, so it's starting slow again, and then boom, it's going up again. So that's why I consider it both a slow burn and a slow start. And then with JoJo's Part 4, it's just a slow burn consistently all the way through because you get those huge payoffs, but you also stay consistently entertained throughout the entire part. Uh, my buddy who I watched a rubber with, he's almost done with part four. He's, he's on the last arc. He's on act three. 
of part four is what I consider it. So he has like 15 episodes left because part four is 39 episodes and we just finished episode 25, I want to say. So we're almost done. He has about like 14 episodes left before he's done with part four and then we can get into part five and then he'll be all caught up with the anime. But yeah, this was a shorter one. I just wanted to go over that idea and those differences. Pretty much all I wanted to say. I could go deeper into part four, but I always talk about part four in every podcast because <laughs> I really like Judge's part four. But that's pretty much it for it right now, though. And next week, I think I'll have like, I think we'll do a Yu Yu Hakusho thing. I'll finally go back into like that mini analysis thing. And I think I'll start off with doing the arcs rather than the characters because with the arcs, I can go season by season rather than arc by arc. So I, I could still split Yu Yu Hakusho up into four parts. So like I would consider part one being all the way up until like Tarukine Stronghold. And then part two is Dark Tournament, part three, Chapter Black, and part four, The Three Kings, to the ending of the show. And then from there, we can do, like, analysis of characters like Yusuke Kuwabara, Hiei Kurama, Genkai. We can do, like, smaller ones with several characters, like, that don't, you know, have enough information to warrant a whole podcast, I think. Like, we could do one with, with the like, the, the women that support them, like, Botan, Yukina, Shizuru, like, people like that, uh, Koenma, like, that kind of thing, but, yeah, I, th- about time we do it, like, maybe once a month I'll do, like, a little retrospective review analysis, so, yeah, I think next week we'll just do part one, which will be from episode one all the way up to episode 24. I believe is when Yusuke and Kuwabara defeat the Tagoro brothers in Tarugane Stronghold. You know how they, they let him win? I believe that's episode 24. Because then, I think it's the very next episode, they're like, oh shit, Tagoro's alive. And then he forces him to go to the Dark Tournament. And then the last episode of season one is the first half of Kuwabara versus Rinku. So, in that early tournament stuff. So yeah, I think, yeah, episodes 1 through 24 will be like the first review analysis. I can look it up. I can look up the Blu-rays. Maybe I'll even watch it. I could watch a few episodes throughout the week and just get to that point. So it's a little fresher in my head too. But yeah, that the f- whole first section, like that early spirit detective saga, that'll be the first analysis and that's what we'll do next week. So hopefully you get the idea of a slow burn versus a slow start, why they're necessary, how they can fail. Just in my personal view, I think that's how how it goes. If you have anything to input, go ahead and free fill the input in the comments. But that's going to do it for me. So as always, uh, you can follow my Facebook page, Art Project, and get updates on another random tale which I'm actually going to put up a big update for art project in general regarding like a lot of different stuff so exciting exciting news um so go ahead and go on Facebook like art projects page and be up to date with everything I do I upload the podcast there and I upload any updates on another random tale storyline whether it be character art uh additions to the plot Updates on overall progress to reaching a comic book goal, which is going to be a part of that big update today. So, <laughs> yeah, check it out. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it now. So, uh, we're going to close it out with another, like, song I like. Since we were talking about Slow Burns animes, I should have picked a Hitman Reborn song, because I think we already did, like, or a Dorara song, because we already did. So, no, we never picked a JoJo song. I just did, like, a little short JoJo sh- testing podcast before so yeah i just picked um the jojo song for the slow burn the slow burn representation i picked it for the second act chase that's the that's the name of the song chase but that's the song for like the second opening for the second act of part four and i think the main reason i picked it is because uh me and my buddy just finished 
act two up of part four, and he was emotionally, like, whew, like, exhausted. So the only reason why we didn't keep watching after that is because he was like, yo, I need a minute. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's good, dude. It gets intense. But yeah, Chase is probably, like, my favorite JoJo's opening. Again, I know a lot of people don't like Chase either because it sounds different from a lot of JoJo's openings. But it's a cool-ass opening. And I think I think I like it because it's different, too. Like, I like that kind of st- style of music, especially with, like, J-Rock. I like that sound that Chase has. And I like it because it's different, and it just represents the part so well. Like, all three openings for JoJo's Part 4 represents what's going on in that current point in the story really well. Like, the first opening is called Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town, which is all Act 1 is. And then Chase is about the chase of the killer. So, yeah, that's Chase, and that's this is going to be Chase, and that's about it. So, I'll catch you guys next week when we do the Yu Yu Hakusho Season 1 Retrospective Review Analysis. I don't know exactly what to call it, but we'll see. Uh, thanks, guys. See you later. Chase it!